It's the first show. Will we make it to number two? Plus, the cruel trick fate played on me my first day as a stay-at-home dad. And our secret plan to monitor our children's movement by using creaky floorboards. You're listening to the Bod Pod. You're now listening to the Better Off Dad Podcast with Tim DeWald and Matt Bixenstein. It's happening. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Better Off Dad podcast first episode. Uh, we are your hosts. My name is Tim. I'm Matt. And uh, yeah, this is this is it. Probably should have prepped some kind of great grand opening spiel more than this, but we're in my attic sweating. We just got done with a run, so not just sweating from the heat, although that's part of it too. Yeah, happy Father's Day to everyone out there. We are recording this on Father's Day. As, as Tim said, we are live in the sweat box that is Tim's <laughs> attic. Um, I'm a profuse sweater, so I have that going for me. Um, and you I realize, are, yes, this it's is... It's audio only, but I can tell you he is not lying. Yeah, he can vouch for that. Yeah. But um, yeah, as Tim said, a little bit anticlimactic with our, our grand entrance here, but that's all right. Let's get the show on the road. Yeah, if any jitters, it's not just the first episode. Matt also brought um, cold brew coffee from Rising Star, too, so we're, we're highly caffeinated right now. Yeah, this pod is um, unofficially sponsored by Rising Star Coffee Roasters of Greater Cleveland, Ohio. Hopefully, they will give us free coffee moving forward. <laughs> unofficially to officially sponsored, hopefully soon. Bingo. <laughs> so, Matt, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little about yourself uh, so we can get to know you. Thanks, Tim. Uh, my family lives in Greater Cleveland, about two miles from Tim, which is, uh, frankly, a little bit too far away, in my opinion. You know, we live in a area where the driveways are 12 feet apart so i wish we were a little closer than two miles <laughs> yeah i disagree totally i think it was a little if it was a little further i think that would be better it'd be a safer distance yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. fair enough um my wife elise and i have been married for five and a half years um i'm a stay-at-home dad to charlie who's three and a half lucy who's 10 months and a six month or excuse me six year old basset hound named huckleberry um and the peanuts theme of uh, charlie and lucy is certainly not lost on us uh, however, we actually uh, refer to our daughter as Goose, which I know sounds a little unorthodox. Um, I think it was Lucy became Lucy Goosey, became Goose. And then, you know, now it's to the point where um, Charlie actually calls her the Goose. And so, you know, I'll be down the hallway and he'll yell, Dad, Dad, the Goose has woken up from a nap. You know, so <laughs> that's always fun. But what about you, Tim? Tell us about your, yourself. Yeah, so um, uh, my wife and I, we live in Greater Cleveland, Lakewood, Ohio. Um, we moved here from New York, which um, we lived in Ohio originally. We moved back from New York, which will come up, I think, a little bit when we're talking about reasons that we became a stay-at-home dad or, you know, kind of parenting ideas. Uh, but we moved back here in 2017. Uh, I stopped working not that long ago. I am a stay-at-home dad to a, a eight-month-old today. Actually, wow. this is her. I did not uh, know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the not birthday, but like month day. That's a milestone. You know? Yeah, right it's a there. milestone. Eight months. Um, so um, we've been married for just under five years. Uh, in addition, tomorrow we have our cat Theodore, who is our original baby. Uh, I always, I think, more than the baby, the cat keeps me up at night and wakes me up <laughs> early in the morning. He was sleeping on our bed last night and was like touching me at all times, and then just headbutts me in the morning to wake me up. So. He's really the one that, that causes sleepless nights, not the baby. And that pretty much sums up how I feel about cats right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so as this is the first episode, uh, we wanted to start with a bit of the manifesto of the show. That's a little, little communist-y sounding, but uh, it's, it seems appropriate. Dad staying at home. Um, but what we believe, what we're going to talk about, things that we're excited about for, for doing the show. And um, so, yeah, Matt, what are, you, what are you excited about? What are you, what are you thinking about for this? 
Oh man, you know, there's there's so much, but I think, um, and I think the show was Tim's idea, by the way, or this podcast was Tim's ad- idea, Was it by really the way. my idea? Was it? I actually don't remember now. Yeah, we'll just take Sorry, it as both Sorry, I might have to edit that out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, why not? I actually don't remember now. Whose idea, Whose it, idea was? it was? I feel like we came to it mutually. I'll go with A that. A mutual decision to, yeah. to do the podcast. I'm on board with that. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I think this is a great opportunity for us to celebrate the fact that, you know, we live in this world with a multitude of problems, um, and yet society has made great strides the last few decades with regards to a parent, a father's role in parenting, and we want that momentum of progressive parenting to continue. You know, I mean, historically, oh gosh, there's many reasons why um, historically moms have been the stay-at-home, in a stay-at-home role, and, you know, thankfully that's that's changing for for the better on both ends where, where um, dads can be stay-at-home parents and moms can be breadwinners. And we want to celebrate both of those. And, you know, our, our grandparents, our grandfathers, um, I know a lot of times they didn't even, they went through parenting without changing a diaper and long gone are those mm. days. Yeah. I think that's right. I think I actually, I didn't tell you about this beforehand, but I, uh, first episode, I already printed out some stats. Hey, look at uh, you. Cause you mentioned, you know, the, the toll that, that, parenting has on traditionally has on mothers and women and whatnot and i do think like so there was what uh 22.3 million jobs so this is pandemic report um basically the idea is 5.1 million women are still out of work since the pandemic many of them at home because schools were closed and the the burden kind of fell uncharacteristically or characteristically i guess but unfairly upon them right i think i'm similarly excited about this idea that um you know we can we can talk about this new role for men in parenting and fatherhood and what that means and we've been talking before about um you know my one of my first jobs um that i had when we were still in new york it's like i would leave at seven o'clock in the morning to go to work and get back at seven o'clock at night. And I look back at that now and it's like, I would have never played a role in that kid's life at all. You know, um, they call and, it the city that never sleeps. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The <laughs> baby still, yeah, the baby still sleeps, you know, <laughs> thank goodness. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, you know, just from that perspective, it's like, what role do you want to play in this kid's life and, and the impact that we can have on kids. I think that's something that I'm excited to talk about and and share as well um i know we want both want to share kind of stories um this is a creative outlet for us we talked about that a little bit but it's also just like a you know a way for us to talk about good bad ugly kind of situations that are happening in our lives and share some stories and commiserate with other parents and and dads and moms and everything too and i think that we're going to be hearing a lot of those stories i went to the zoo for the first time yesterday we talked about that for a little bit that actually went pretty well other than the half hour nap and the fact that she didn't actually interact with any of the animals i don't think she even <laughs> saw any of the animals yet she's eight months like Give we it talked time. about today yeah 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 <laughs> we had her like right in front of the elephant we're like mara look an elephant and she just did not register at all it was just like she was looking off into the air but she did appreciate looking at probably one of the more interesting animals there which was the human beings those were <laughs> that was really the good the people watching was a plus at the at the zoo yesterday sounds like a great first outing we have a wonderful yeah. zoo here in cleveland but, oh, yeah. but tim's absolutely right you know it's it's not you know the good bad and the ugly it's not all going to be um sunshine and rainbows you know wearing a baby to brewery as we all aspire yeah. to do <laughs> you know we won't sugarcoat we'll talk about the good the bad you know we um, you know, we're not God's gift to parenting. We're, we're learning as we go every single day. 
But um, but yeah, to your point, the the funny anecdotes, you know, are are constant, and it's so easy to forget them, especially in the the hectic nature of day to day life and just being sleep deprived. But um, you know, one of my favorite ones, um, I guess not that recent anymore, but still one of my favorite ones is um, when we first brought Lucy home last August. Um, my wife Elise was uh, exhausted, understandably, so she laid down for a nap, and I said, um, "Yeah, take a break. I'm a new. Uh, I'll, I'll feed Lucy." And uh, Charlie goes. Dad, Dad, no, no, no! You don't have any milk in your body. <laughs> so he had to sit him down and explain that you know, well, actually, we can use a bottle as you know, you were bottle fed for quite a while, and uh, but just so many little little endotes like that, yeah, you know, we can get into and have a have a chuckle at hopefully. I remember when we first, I think I told you this story, when we first brought Mara home from the hospital. First off, the nurses that at the hospital are like. A godsend. Number one, they're like a masterclass in parenting, and they help you so much during a very stressful, like weird time of your life. Um, I remember we were, you know, Jill like picked out this whole outfit that that she was gonna, you know, that was like Mara's coming home outfit. Yeah, yeah. It was the most complicated thing that she had worn up until that point because everything else was like one button or you know, (laughs) like a blanket or whatever over the diaper. so we, we get her all ready. We're figuring out the car seat. That thing is like, you need like instructions to figure that thing out for the first time. And they won't let you out the, of the hospital without figuring You're it out and everything too. Yeah. <laughs> so we like get her into this thing, blah, blah, blah. Like, and so I'm like getting ready to put her down into the car seat. And uh, I just feel like a massive poop just boom, like onto my hand <laughs> through the, you know, like you just feel the impact of it. And so I turn to the nurse and I'm like, um, you know, like, how long do you, it's like the questions that you've never asked, like, how long would you leave a poop in a diaper? And she's <laughs> like, how long is your trip home? And I was like, we'll be home in like 15 minutes. And she was like, oh, you'll probably be fine. And then we start to get everything ready to go. And she's like, you know what? Like, why don't you leave it to me? I'll change the diaper. You go get the car. Like she took charge of the whole situation. But, um, those moments, it's like, yeah like moments like that is like you know they're incredible and your mind is racing and um but yeah those kind of moments we'll be sharing all the time so we'll get to hear about our bowel movements of our children (laughs) and everything else i know that's what everyone's tuning in for and you brought up two facts of life one that uh nurses and medical professionals are amazing and two that babies have impeccable timing yeah (laughs) um another question or kind of like baseline we i think we're going to be flexible and we're going to learn things all the time in this podcast um and well you know you can always email us at uh better off dad pod at gmail.com send us your thoughts fancy yeah yeah right. it's a free account actually i think the website that we're gonna be setting up at some point has like an outlook with it so we have like our own email too so maybe we'll update that at some point but um uh, but we do, I feel like we do have some thoughts coming into this and perspectives that we're going to share and watch us adapt as we go on. Um, I know one of the things that, that I want to make clear, I think through this, or like I feel passionately about is, um, there's so much around like dad culture or, um, even marketing to fathers of, um, like the tactical camo baby carrier. Or I remember <laughs> when Jill was buying a bunch of my wife, Jill, uh, was buying a bunch of like baby stuff in the beginning you know some of these reviews for products are like oh well this baby bag is like jet black or like gunmetal color so dad <laughs> won't feel bad like carrying it around and i'm like why does all this baby stuff marketed to fathers need to be like hyper masculine you know like what is the what's the purpose of that it's like there is a perspective generally i think that 
being a being a good parent or being close to your kid is somehow in like contradiction to being masculine or manly and i think that's one of the things that we kind of want to dispel and we want to talk about and have as a perspective of the show that hey you can be a good man in society and also be a really great parent too yeah you hit the nail on the head there tim and i've had similar experiences where um when we first had charlie um, at the hospital, they offered a class called Daddy Boot Camp, and it was sort of this military-themed class on how to become a father. And the, the class was helpful, but I just it didn't need that kind of macho um, sort of uh, theme to it. Um, but but yeah, you know, I think when we think of this pod and what we believe in, um, you know, there's certain you know the, the borrow that we hold these troops to be self-evident. <laughs> but um, you know, I guess we believe that um, dads are 100% capable of being great parents, mm-hmm. just as as moms are. And um, you know, I think society's um, recognizing that more and more. Um, you know, I, I often um, say that being a stay-at-home dad, it, it's like any job in that you have your good and your bad days, but it's unlike any job in that it's the most rewarding job you'll ever had. And, you know, we're, we're really grateful to have, have this opportunity to, um, to be at home. Yeah, and you, we talked about this a little bit beforehand, um, but, you know, this idea that, like, dads can be great parents feels like it's, like, stating the obvious, but a lot of times anymore i think that there is kind of this there's definitely people you hear this all the time you see it in things that you know a child needs a mother's touch and uh like mothers are uniquely suited to being you know parents and everything else and there is clearly a a wonderful wonderful role that our wives play in our kids lives right like no one's trying to take that away but the idea that somehow i would i would argue that um that has been that idea that women have a special role to play in a kid's life has sort of been co-opted as a way for men to push themselves away from parenting duties sometimes, you know? And I think that that is maybe not a helpful kind of, uh, perspective to have, you know? Absolutely. And there's, you know, the, the, uh, you know, that's sort of, um, some of the, the results of that, I guess, or the, you know, the way that's been manifested is in numerous ways. And, you know, one, one way is, you know, I, admittedly, I'm, I'm a fan of Instagram. It's my, my favorite social <laughs> yeah. media platform. But when I go on there, I'm inundated with... Oh, um, and you can follow us at Better Off Dad Pod uh, on Instagram, by the way. Nice plug, Tim. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, when I go on there, um, I'm inundated with young mom resources, you know, mm-hmm. all sorts of um, pods and um, blogs, support groups. You know, if I want to find a, a good playground in the Cleveland area, I know I, I should go visit uh, Westside Moms. Mm-hmm. Um, they're one of their social sites. Another nice plug. Yeah, exactly. They're yeah. great, good, good people over there. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I just you know, there, it feels like there's a void in similar resources for young fathers, and mm-hmm. not that we're going to be able to fill that void ourselves, but if we can just be a small part of um, of changing that perspective. Matt, what kind of things are you excited about uh, to go forward in this podcast? What are you excited to take on? So much, you know, I think um, creating more camaraderie uh, with fellow stay-at-home dads, that's going to be fun if we can ac- accomplish that. Um, I think uh, simply trying something new, because I'll admit that I'm, I'm sometimes uh, risk-averse when it comes to trying new things in life, and I need to step outside my comfort zone. And then, honestly, um, enjoying the thing that stay-at-home parents crave the most, and that is uh, interaction with fellow adults and uh, a break from uh, parenting, which, you know, hanging out here in the attic with Tim... Uh, affords me just that you just called it the sweat box earlier uh, it's not lost i'm not editing that out of this podcast so i'm gonna remember that he turned on the box ac and it's a little more comfortable yeah, up here now yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna insulate the place uh slife just did our ac outside so nice. d- be careful that you're insulting their work okay <laughs> 
Um, the I think the other thing I, I so I agree with all that stuff. I think the other thing that I'm super excited about. Um, we're not going to do it in this pod, but going forward, I think the opportunity we've talked about having guests on the show, whether that's fellow parents, you know, moms and dads, um, or uh, assuming people will talk to us at some point, like I said before, um, getting people that are uh, child developmental experts or, you know, other people that have perspectives on things or have done work on stuff, um, you know, uh, gender roles around parenting and everything else. I think talking to some of those folks about, you know, perspectives that they have or research that they've done or, you know, again, even just talking to other parents about, you know, their journey and what led them to their decision to be a stay-at-home parent or just, you know, even if they're, you know, a working mom, like, let's talk about, I would love, let's talk about the heroes of the world, like single working mothers, you know, like those, those kinds of, those kinds of stories, I think. And like you said, talking to parents about their experience and, um, you know, sharing these stories and, you know, providing that camaraderie and everything, I think is going to be really important. Yeah. I mean, we want to be super inclusive with this, this pod. Um, so if, if anybody listening wants to be a guest, um, and contribute to the pod, mm-hmm. um, give, give us a shout better off dad pod at gmail.com. Um, and then looking ahead, Matt, what's, um, I'm going to like record this and like a year from now, assuming this pod is still going on, which of course it will. Cause it, it I mean, it might be blown up by then. We might've been acquired by somebody. Uh, what do you want to accomplish in this show? Well, gee, let's see here. You know, I think um, if we could get anybody other than our wives and spouses, who, who um, we very much appreciate yeah. um, their support, but anybody else to also listen to this pod, that'd be nice. You know, <laughs> We can easily check that. I can yeah. check the listens. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, you know, just having staying power, you know, I'm feeling like we're still pumping out pods every few weeks, a mm-hmm. year from now would be cool if that works out. And, you know, I think if, if we can entertain or inspire um, fellow stay-at-home dads, even just a, a little bit, um, that would be cool. That'd be a nice measure of success in my mind. Yeah, I think I agree with all those ones. We'll, those are easy to check check off, so that's good. Uh, the ones I wanted to have share our experiences, successes, failures with each other. That seems like a pretty easy one to do. And then I'd love to have somebody on that is, um, we got to get like some kind of a cool guest on the show to talk yeah. to us about something in the next year. Um whether that's like some kind of a research like person or like, I don't know, we'll see. Um, but that one's going to be, that's my white whale to get during this year. I like it. And then ideally, you know, if a year from now, if, if Tim's been able to put up with me as a fellow pod host for that long, that we're still on speaking terms, because frankly, if you're, if you're not on speaking terms, it's hard to do a pod together. It's true. Yeah. It makes the back and forth a little bit more difficult to have. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Tim, let's uh, keep this party going and talk about um, some of the thought process that went into becoming a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. So, obviously, you know, this pod is all about our journey from cubicle to uh, caregivers. You wrote that line, I believe. So, that's impressive. Appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the alliteration. Yeah, I'm you know? a big fan of alliteration. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, we, my wife, so this, we've talked about this, it's going to be a recurring theme, uh, even though we have hopefully at this point moved more or less beyond COVID, it is going to be seeping into a lot of our conversations because we were both um, parenting for small children around this time. And it's been a really impactful thing, obviously, for a lot of people. For sure. Not just us. You both um, have pandemic babies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I think um, 
you know, that made a big impact on us. So we had always assumed, Jill and I, that we were going to be doing, a, we were going to have a daycare kind of situation. I know you guys are utilizing a daycare in the area for a long time. Yeah. Um, and we were totally on board with that. We had, um, you know, by the time we were looking for a daycare, it was COVID closed down, but we had, you know, done some research online, looked for some resources and that kind of thing. But as we started to call around for these places, and we thought, for the record, we thought we were like ahead of the game. We, you know, we found out we were pregnant in February 2020. Um, by June, we were already calling places to get, you know, on for um, on for the care. And Mara was born in October, but Jill had six months off of paid family leave for her job, which we can talk about in another episode. It's amazing and yeah. should be more supported in, in workplaces. But um, so we thought, man, we're not going to need daycare until May or June of 2021. Like we are set. We start calling around all these places like, oh, thanks for calling. That's a one to three year wait list right now. COVID had blown up all these wait lists, like their ability to have kids in. Um, yeah. The running joke is that you need to coordinate yeah. daycare arrangements um following the first date with somebody therefore yeah. you'll have enough time yeah. to uh, make yeah, it work exactly. if this should work out like hypothetically this, speaking we have good conversation we both like the same wine like <laughs> let me pass something by you real fast um yeah it was crazy and um it, it just so happens the first day flash forward the first day that i was a stay-at-home parent like jill had gone back to work we got an email that said a uh, spot in one of these places, infant's room opened up. And of it's course. Like, well, no, I've already quit my job. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did not say that. But um, So he's regretting yeah, all of this now. Yeah. <laughs> this whole podcast is just me complaining about being a dad, not liking it all. Um, but no, so we, we called around these places, you know, long wait lists. Um, we started to look into, um, you know, full-time care, nannies or a nanny share. There's actually a couple kids on our street. So we thought that we could maybe work something out with another set of parents um but for us and i don't want to dis- this is going to sound like i'm disparaging some of these things and i never want it to sound like that everyone has to make their own kind of decisions based on their life but you know we start to look at daycare or we like to start to look at full-time care with nannies and things and it's like well now i'm now i'm going to bring somebody in my home um that i don't really know and it's going to be you know tens of thousands of dollars right that you're talking about there and for us, you know, my wife works from home. Uh, she's a web developer. She's got a good job. I enjoyed my job, but wasn't not so much so that I wasn't willing to give it up. So, and I had been around a lot of other guys who had made the decision to stay at home with their kids. You had already at that point decided and told me, and I was very disappointed because in your professional life, we worked together in a way, <laughs> right? Um I knew you, I knew uh, a close friend of ours who will probably be a guest at some point, Brian Evans, had done the same thing. Some other folks around here in the area um, had made similar decisions. So I started to bat that idea around and um, had talked to, I talked to a lot of people. I didn't, I tend to be very impulsive with decisions, but this one I tried to be like, okay, I'm going to talk to my parents. I'm going to talk to my in-laws, you know, I'm going to like socialize this idea a little bit. Um, and it just made sense. It was something that we could swing financially and that'll be a whole nother podcast episode, I think about this kind of stuff. For sure. Um, and, um, made the decision, made the decision to, in the end to do it. It was one of those things I feel like in one day I knew that that was my decision, but it took me months to kind of get to the point that I was like, yes, this is something that I want to do. Um, and I think too, you know, I talked about it in some of the notes, we, you read a whole bunch of books when you're like getting ready to be um, a parent. 
we read uh, Crib Sheet by Emily Oster. Uh, and, uh, you know, she has some data in there that talks about how, especially in the beginning when your kid's super young, that having a caregiver full-time around the clock can be helpful, you know, and as opposed to doing daycare. There's some kind of statistically significant evidence of that. Um, so it made sense, I think, to say like, okay, well, let's, let's use this moment to be, and then you can be more of a part of your kid's life and you can do all that kind of stuff and, and be, uh, be rewarded. So that was my journey. So one, one of the ways, um, that, that's a really, really good uh, way to look at it, Tim, and um, some great insight into decision-making. Um, one of the main ways that Tim and I hang, um, at least prior to um, doing pods together, is we go running. And I, I remember over the winter, one of our uh, Sunday morning runs, when Tim told me, I'm leaning heavily towards joining you in the stay-at-home dad rankings. And I ran home to Elise super giddy about that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you ran at that point. We were probably pretty tired after no. the run. Yeah, Tim, yeah. Tim's a better runner than me, yeah. so I, I probably crawled home <laughs> to do that. But anyways, I was super pumped to hear he was jo- you know, joining me in, in that um, endeavor. Um, for, for me, um, we actually started, Elise and I, uh, considering the possibility of me being a stay-at-home dad in the winter of 2020, uh, when we found out we were having our, our second kid, uh, we began crunching the numbers. Um, we'd had a really good experience with daycare with Charlie. But we began crunching the numbers and realized that um, daycare the times two would um, consume a significant portion of my salary. I was working a nonprofit job that I really enjoyed, but it would consume a lot of that salary. And while we were kind of um, mulling over that decision, the pandemic hit, and it kind of made the decision for us just with all the uncertainty and health scare scares at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, we certainly recognized that we would have to live a little more frugal lifestyle and we also recognize that there's a fair amount of privilege in being able to have a parent stay at home, so we're we're certainly grateful for that opportunity. Um, confession time: I work. My wife and I, um, we both uh, had have careers in marketing, um, but she made more money than me. So kind same of here, same here. Yeah, it's a recurring <laughs> theme. We're not the breadwinners. We're, no. we don't, we're not bringing home the bacon. In this we're podcast. okay with that. Yeah, but you know, so sort of sort of by default, I was better suited to become the stay at home parent. Um, doesn't mean I'm a a more gifted uh, parent parenter or anything, but um, you know, um, but that said, there are many advantages to having a, a, a parent at home. Um, just the uh, the ability to be more actively involved in your kid's day to day life, the ability to kind of start forming that special bond with a child um, at an early age, um, less illness. You know, as we know, um, anybody who's ever used daycare knows that they're kind of a germ petri dish um, for as great as they are. Um, you know, more peace of mind, less uh, working parent burden, um, and then the ability to get more household chores done. Um, so one of the hmm. um, Part of our arrangement between Elise and I is that I handle the uh, laundry, cooking, and dishwashing um, as a stay-at-home parent. So I'm, I'm still figuring that out, and I am a below-average cook, I will admit. But I'm, but I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, uh, what's it's your not go-to, just frozen pizza now. What's your go-to recipe resource? Do you have one? My go-to resource is to pull out the propane grill. Because <laughs> oh, now that yeah. it's nice out, I will grill dinner like three yeah. nights a week. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I did sign up, not to sound like a total, like, waspy like white uh you know like middle class uh suburban idiot but i definitely (laughs) did like the cooking.newyorktimes.com situation now nice i make my it's nice you know you can pull if new york times is listening we'll totally take a sponsorship from you guys but (laughs) they got an app you can just like download things you get a grocery list it's perfect um one thing you mentioned that I, d- I wanted to hit on, I don't think Joel will kill me for saying this kind of stuff, but we can always edit it out if so, uh, <laughs> is, you know, being better suited 
for both of us in the financial situation that our wives were in positions that they made more. So just naturally, like logistically, it made sense for, for us to step away from our jobs. Um, I know Jill and I have talked about this and it was a thing where if it was flipped, if for some reason I was in the situation where I was earning more and she was earning less, would she have made the same decision to step away? And if all things being equal, right? Like still in a pandemic, <laughs> it's a bizarre scenario to put yourselves in, right? Yeah. Um, and I think she said that she would, she would, it's, it's hard to know what you do. Right. But she said she would struggle, I think with that decision of whether she'd be a stay at home parent. And like you said, it's not because you're like a different parent or something. It's just, everyone comes at these things differently, right? Like, would you be able to step away? Would you be able to, you know, give up where you are? And I think, you know, Jill really appreciates or really values the job that she's in. And I think, you know, that's just something had we been in different areas of our career or different roles or different whatever, we may have made a different decision too. It's like, it's a very specific set of circumstances that I think leads you to what your decision is around, you know, how you're going to take care of your kid. Right. And, th- and that's a great transition into, um, you know, what our concerns about becoming a stay-at-home dad, because, you know, along the same lines, you know, with Elise, um, you know, she, she's been so supportive, but, you know, you always wonder, w- would she be jealous of me being the stay-at-home parent instead of her? And, right. you know, she's, she's handled it with complete grace. Um, mm-hmm. You know, of course, we all have our moments, but, you know, she's been so supportive of me in this role. So I'm, I'm very grateful to her for that. I would like to add that you have given Jill, I think, maybe not, maybe not the only at this point, but certainly her first moment of uh, working mom uh, FOMO was when we met up at the park and we were taking photos of our kids <laughs> meeting each other, Lucy and, and Mara playing. And like, you know, I sent her that photo with the idea like, well, she's probably going to cry when she sees this kid <laughs> because for the most part, they were being super cute. Like they had that mutual face touching at one point in time. Yeah. Uh, and then except for when my daughter uh, yanked your kids, like tried to yank her hat off her head and really just about yanked her into the ground. Uh so if there's any physical uh, situations after that, I'm, I'm not paying for it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think same thing. Like you, you worry that that parent is going to feel like um, left out or upset or angry. And I think most times, I don't know if you feel like this, but my wife is usually the opposite is happening. It's like they're so appreciative of what you're doing and what you're sacrificing and what you're doing because of, you know, uh, of, of what you've given up to, you know, help your kid. Right. Yeah. I remember at first I was a little bit hesitant to send Elise uh, photos during the day. You know, hey, check this out. I, I took the kids to Lake Erie today. Yeah. Now, not in the lake, but on the edge and in the <laughs> park. And and now, you know, I, I have no hesitations. You just take a cool photo of the kids. You know, you know it'll help brighten her day to, to see it and remind her what she's coming home to. So yep. a few other concerns about becoming a stay-at-home dad. Um, just, you know, wondering, can you hang? You know, am, am I able to handle spending time with two little people who are completely dependent on me? Um, Will you feel inadequate by not being a traditional breadwinner uh, for the family? And then just always wondering, um, will I have difficulty reentering the job market whenever that uh, may be? And, you know, the jury's still out, of course, on that one. But the other concerns, for the most part, you know, once you're in the role for a while and you get a comfort level, um, those concerns have dissipated. What about for you, Tim? Yeah, I think I I would echo all those. I think um, maybe my specific flavor of some of those from yours is – yeah, I think most, I don't know if you felt this way, but you worry, like, am I going to be fulfilled? Is this going to be, is this going to make me enjoy, am I going to be depressed? You know what I mean? Is, is losing that kind of full-time career kind of perspective and um, path that you are on going to be 
going to be troublesome? Are you going to be happy being a stay-at-home parent? And I think the thing that has, you know, that's to go back to things, reasons that we're excited about this podcast. I think, you know, of course not. Of course, like only being a parent and not doing anything else with your life is not an enjoyable thing necessarily for most people, right? Because you right. have passions and other things that you pursue around that. But, you know, I think it's, I've been... I think that that was a concern going in. And I think that, you know, with the challenge of being a parent and the happiness of being a parent and the role that you get to play in your kid's life, along with all the other things that you do, um, that has not panned out for me as like a, as a concern, right? It's been pretty good. And I think like you talked about marriage dynamics and just like how your relationship is. I think just from the sense of not being the breadwinner and not being, having that role. And when you take away that kind of, I think it's like a big societal pressure that you are, you know, you provide for your family, you do those kinds of things. And you're kind of putting yourself in a different region of that now where you are providing childcare for your kid and you're, you know, a huge role for their lives. Is that going to be something that you can easily transition for? I think that was a big concern. Like, how is this going to affect the relationship that I have with, you know, with my wife and in, in the family dynamic? And how are people going to view that outside? I think as well. Um, you know, I wrote down here inadequacy, typical gender role humiliation stuff. I think that's where that that falls into too, right? Like people are gonna look at you, and um, and think like, oh, you're not like you're you're not earning, you're not like you're not a traditional like you know man in society or whatever. Like, there's all those kinds of concerns that I think that you get. Um, but you know, I think again, the reason we're doing this podcast is to kind of dispel a little bit of that and say like, you can do this and. And be a typical functioning male in society, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, Tim and I talk a, a lot about how the the fulfillment from being a stay home dad is is very real. But um, you do have when you when you quit your professional job, um, it definitely creates a vacuum. You know, we you know we, we talk about like how do you fill that void? You know, um, and I know you know for for me, in addition to this pod, one of the main ways I've filled it is um, we happen to live with a a park in our backyard, and um, I created a a park advocacy group. Um, just to kind of um, advocate on behalf of, of that park space. And um, Elise likes to joke that it's, I left a nonprofit job to start a, my own unofficial nonprofit that's going <laughs> to yeah. consume almost as much time. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, you know. It's a great unpaid job that you've got going on there. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, I try. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, we, anyways, that's, I think that's really important is to, um, however you choose to fill it, just making sure that you, you fill that void um, as a stay-at-home dad so that you, you have, you know, of course, you'll have fulfillment at home with your kids, but to find fulfillment uh, externally as well. Yep. Uh, one of the other things that we want to talk about is kind of the response that we got from other people around us. Um, what was it like? Uh, what did you hear from people when you started to uh, make this decision? When you started to transition? Yeah. So I have uh, ten months of this under my belt now, and uh, it's interesting. The vast majority of people are super supportive and think it's really cool um, to hear about your new rules. Some. Some folks with grown kids have even said, "I wish I'd go back in time and chart a similar similar course." Um, but then, you know, there's there's a variety of responses. I know uh, sometimes when I'm at a playground or some sort of public space during the daytime, and it's me and a bunch of um, moms, I get a you know curious looks, and it's almost as if their eyes are saying, "You know, okay, your kids are homesick today, and you called off work to hang out yeah, with them, right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I have uh, one older uh, relative who routinely calls me Mister Mom, and I actively choose not to let that bother me. Um, you know, I, I had to explain to somebody that um, you still get the Friday feels on Friday evening um, because you know that you're about to have 
the weekend with um, a co-parent and it always helps to have a, another person so you're not solo oh, yeah. parenting you're not outnumbered yeah um, you know a few, a few weeks ago I had a an older woman in the, in the park say wow Father's Day must come early I keep seeing uh, dads with their children and I responded ma'am Father's Day is every day for me yeah <laughs> um, and so you know it's it's a variety of responses you know but like I said the vast majority of people um, think it's it's rad dad yeah yeah. Say dumb dad. I like that. Again, well, that's that's rhyming, not alliteration. So I also dig rhyming. Um, yeah, I think uh, it was almost, the feedback for me was almost universal. My employer was super supportive of my decision. Um, maybe to my face more than behind my back. I don't know who we'll see. Um, I heard a lot of great feedback from friends, um, almost universally good feedback in in my like close and then extended family. You know, you hear... A couple of people do like the like are you sure that's something you want to do or like their eyes get like you know like you know like dinner plate big all of a sudden and because i do think especially like people that are a little bit more old school right they were brought like you were talking about earlier like grandparents who like never change a diaper right like for that generation of people there's something very weird hearing like i'm a dad and i'm gonna be staying home with my kid like that's traditionally a mother's role like are you like what are you are you crazy and for them like they can't even i don't think they even live in a world where my wife would be earning more than i am or you know like those kinds of things they don't even that's not even where they come at that perspective so i certainly got a little bit of that and i would say so far my experience is that strangers love it right like i am some sort of like attraction in the grocery store when we go there (laughs) or the park like you do definitely get like the look of like you were talking about like like a mom in a park looking at you like what's this person's deal you know because it's it's a it's different still i think and i think that you're starting to see more of that but you're still like a bit of an oddity right and like a novelty like walking around like look at this little baby attached to this dad in a park what's going on here you know like it's um it's definitely strange but um i think you know we were at that park together the day that mara and lucy met for the first time and that woman that we met there was like oh man look at these dads you know just like yeah uh, really enjoying it um and i think there's something that i do really enjoy about that like that it's special and that people appreciate seeing fathers taking an active role in their kids lives um something super nice to see people appreciate that you know it is cool when you see people who, you know, are either in awe or just, you know, celebrate what you're doing. Um, I think the the natural question, and most people don't mean this the wrong way, but they ask, uh, when do you plan to return to the workforce? And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I have to kind of explain that my current rule is open-ended. It depends on uh, preschool, finances, and other family needs. And that's the best answer I can give. And it's, it's funny, I kind of feel like it's the stay-at-home dad equivalent question to a, uh, you know, a 30-something female being asked, um, when they plan to have kids, you know, where yeah. it's, it's not meant to offend in the slightest, right. but, um, they're just waiting for, when are you going to bend back into the normal exactly. like, way of society? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, that's a hundred percent true. Like it's like, Oh yeah, certainly you're going to like continue to follow the normal path here at some point. And I agree. It's like, it's the same thing for me. I think it's, it's one of those things where it's like, well, we're going to depend on a thousand other things. And I think again, COVID seeping its way back into our conversation, a lot of people are considering quote unquote, like non-traditional career paths and like exploring different like ways of structuring their lives now. And I think that, you know, like 
who knows what the future once this podcast takes off and we get <laughs> serious sponsorship money going coming in or people start sending us free things to review or whatever it is go ahead and start bringing that stuff in and then we sell it on ebay and we're making tons of money like it could really open things up for us you know then our wives can be sta- stay-at-home parents yeah, yeah, yeah just flip it right around <laughs> What's new, kiddo? Uh, okay, this is what's new, kiddo. Um, this is actually super helpful for me more than our listeners, I think, because since, Matt, your uh, children are older, you just get to give me all kinds of information on what's coming up in my life uh, as a parent. Uh, but uh, this is kind of when we share what's going on with our kids, uh, new stuff that we're encountering, um, you know, different things that come out of their mouths when they're screaming at us, whatever it might be. Um, and uh, so, Matt, uh, what's going on in your life in the household? Yeah, the, the segment's called What's New, Kiddo? Uh, sometimes I'll call it This is What You Have to Look Forward to, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, today I want to talk about sleep. Uh, you know, that slightly important thing that you spend about a third of your life doing. Um, so Lucy, 10-month-old Lucy, is a great sleeper, uh, takes two or three naps per day, uh, but generally sleeps through the night for the most part. Uh, sleeps like a baby, as they say. Yeah. Um, which is, which, in people always mean that as a good thing, but normally I think that's the exact opposite. That's right? true. Sleeps yeah, like yeah. a baby. Oh, you mean like <laughs> wakes up every three hours? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're really lucky on that end. And I know that could change at any point, but, yeah. you know, we'll count our blessings while we have them. Uh, for Charlie, uh, my, our lovely uh, three and a half year old, it's not quite so simple. He's at that kind of stuck in between where if he, uh, he takes a nap during the day. He cannot fall asleep well at night. And if he doesn't nap, then the end of the day becomes a train wreck. So yeah. Yeah, um, you just can't win, really. Um, so anyways, a typical Charlie bedtime goes something like this. Uh, he goes, he gets put down for bed, goes through the usual bedtime routine stories and, the, and whatnot, um, then proceeds to get up five to ten times um, and come find us in the house with yeah. you know a variety of excuses. He needs water. He's not sleepy. Um, Elise, uh, my wife, her, her kryptonite is when he gets out of bed and says, I need some love with a, with a W. Um, <laughs> she falls for that one every time. Yeah. Um, we'll tuck him back in. Um, whereas I, by that point, I'll just point him back to the room and tell him to tuck himself back in. Um, but, you know, anyways, um, when he finally stays down for the night, Charlie, he then proceeds to get up um, sometime between 2 and 5 a.m., enter our bedroom, and sleep in between us until morning. And I actually really enjoy cuddling him, but you know, probably not a good long-term solution. Um, so anyways, we're needless to say, we're still navigating the bedtime and the overnight process. Um, we have friends who've had success with those childproof doorknobs, but we're too far gone for that. And hopefully we'll figure out some restful nights here eventually. I didn't, I'm sure I'm going to learn about this, but when I have a kid who A, can stand up on her own two legs and then B, <laughs> like use them to walk around the house. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't, childproof doorknobs is something, it's not a lock. It's just like a childproof thing. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing because that way you don't feel like you're locking the kid in, which, you know, maybe feels a little bit inappropriate. Right. It, it's just a doorknob that, you know, you have to twist harder than normal to uh, to open. Oh, okay. And um, in hindsight, that may have been helpful for us, but... There are... This is going to be a problem for us at some point. We live, as we were talking about before, we live in old houses here on the west side of Cleveland, and uh, none of the doors... Like, two of the doors in my house lock. Yeah. And everything else is off the, you know, off the hinges, you know? It's like nothing else works. So I was like... Man, if we're still in this house when Mara's a teenager, like that's not gonna work, right? Like, there's no way yeah. she will be putting a lock on that door, you know. Yeah. By the same token, though, when you live, our houses are from the 1920s, you know, yeah. these century houses, and yeah. 
everything creaks like crazy. Oh, yeah. So right now, you can't walk around at night, go to the bathroom without your kid waking up. But later on when they're teenagers, they're oh, yeah. not going to be able to sneak in. Yeah, there's no sneaking. I've, Jill and I have that conversation all the time. Like, I feel like I'm learning like what floorboard to walk on to be as silent as possible. <laughs> but let's see if she can. It's going to be like that scene in Indiana Jones when he's like trying to avoid all the arrows from flying out at him. You know, yeah. when he's grabbing the idol. That's going to be a similar situation for her. Um, yeah, sleep sounds very stressful for you at this point in time. That's we'll get through it. Yeah. <laughs> what's your what's new, kiddo? Um, for me, we have, you know, Mara started on, she started on solid food ooh, a couple, more than a month ago now. Um, uh, Jill had done a ton of research on baby led weaning going into um, the uh, eating experience for people who are not familiar. Um, that is... Basically, the the idea of your kid leads away a little bit more. You sort of stay away from purees and spoon feeding it into their mouth the entire time, and you like have some non choking hazard sorts of um, pieces of food that they're supposed to like pick up and do all that kind of stuff. Um, we tried a lot of that at the beginning, and I would say we've had we've snuck some of it in. Right, like the other day we she had uh, like a a quartered chunk of tomato and like <laughs> ricotta cheese and she was just like sticking that entire tomato in her mouth and just like pulling it off like it's like you know she's like <laughs> like one of those cartoons eating corn on the cob just like you know like effectively just like shimming it all away um but it was tough it was especially like especially in the baby led weaning world i feel like jill was cluing me in on there's a bunch of youtube videos have you ever watched those like the difference between choking and gagging things yeah that's like not a fun thing to like go through not at all but i would say now like she get like in the beginning you're like is she choking or gagging like oh my god and anymore it's just like no that one's fine and we're just like mimicking the look of chewing at her to be like no like "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm," (laughs) like do this you know um which has gone better um but we've started to sneak in you know we started to sneak in more purees and kind of eating it uh helping her eat that way and um, I would say in the beginning, again, when Jill was on um, parental leave, you know, she was doing a lot of like cooking her own purees and doing all that kind of stuff, you know, and, you know, steaming vegetables and, you know, food, food, food processing them down. But we have recently become very also big believers in the packets of purees as well. Yeah. It's just too easy and like nice to to be able to pop one of those out. And, you know, if you did make you know, we'll give her like mashed up bananas and peanut butter or something and then throw one of those in to round out a meal and everything too. It's just super easy and convenient. And, you know, she gets exposed to all different kinds of flavors and I'm not making a kale, basil, pear puree like that's coming in those packets <laughs> to expose her to all those different it's things. It's above your uh, <laughs> ability level. I don't have six <laughs> hours to spend in the kitchen, like, you know, steaming all those things and, and then boiling them down. But, um, but it's great. She usually ends up with food uh, more all over her face than anything else. Um, but she really enjoys food now, which has been great to see. Like, she struggled a little bit in the beginning. Um, I don't know if you guys had that experience at all where it's like, is this kid... Actually, she ate, like, well and then struggled. And then now she's, like, loves it again. So it's, That's great. you know, one of those constant, like, roller coasters of, like, my kid's never going to eat. And, like, is my kid eating too much? And, like, what's going on here, you know? 
Yeah, our, Lucy's always been a really good eater, but I've certainly shared your paranoia about the choking hazard. And yeah. you know, if if I'm home by myself with them during during the day, I'll be the one cutting a, a single blueberry in, into like 18 pieces <laughs> yeah, just to yeah. ensure you know there's no <laughs> choking on my watch. Samurai sword. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure my little brother would love that I'm sharing this, but um, my my little brother Eddie is six years younger than me, and I have vivid memories as a little kid. We were on a picnic once, and he choked on a Taco Bell taco shell wow. um, to the point where both my mom and a lifeguard were both attempting the Heimlich. And it was terrifying, yeah. um, but it's really, uh, you know, shaped my paranoia on the topic yeah. of choking. When they, um, I remember Jill and I were watching like a parenting video on choking, you know, or like doing the Heimlich maneuver, which normally you get like classes on cpr and heimlich you can sign up for them at the hospital or whatever right which we couldn't do because pandemic again but um we were watching the heimlich video and the trainer person was like you know they're showing how to do it and it's terrifying because you're like yeah pressing your child's like or like smacking him in the back really hard and at the end of the video they're like remember broken bones can heal but like <laughs> brain damage from lack of oxygen doesn't and you're like I guess that's true, but I don't want to think about breaking my child's like rib cage, just like getting food out. So we're just gonna hope for not having to do the Heimlich maneuver. And if that ever happens, you won't hear about it on this pod because I'll be too scarred to say anything about it. Yeah, and th- and that seems like the nice um, morbid place to end this. On, yeah, I would say. great first episode. Uh, <laughs> thanks everybody for tuning in to the first episode of the Better Off Dad Pod. We promise not to end them all on sour notes of children having broken bones or choking to death <laughs> as, as as a binary choice, but uh, it seems like an appropriate way to end. So anything else to add before we sign off here? You know, thank you guys for listening, um, both to my mom and uh, my, my mom and uh, my spouse and mm-hmm. anybody else you may have happened to come across this randomly and decided to listen for a few minutes. Yeah. And uh, let's let's do it again in a few weeks. Too. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe and please leave a review of our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as Better Off Dad Pod. The Better Off Dad Pod would like to thank our kids and spouses who are responsible for this show, whether they like it or not. Our theme music was written and produced by David Paulette and is an adaptation of the song Alien by Zero to Infinity. Give them a listen on Spotify. Special thanks to Sam Painter and thanks to you, loyal listener of the Bod Pod. Until next time, remember, our kids are our future. Let's try not to screw them up too much.